Hey, thank you for joining me today on Hope for Heroes Texas. This is Brad Cornell, where we serve those who serve us as they carry the weight of the badge. It's gonna be a long one, another graveyard shift. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brad Cornell. My gosh, it is Hope for Heroes, a Weight of the Badge podcast. Hey, go to hopeforheroes.org, hopeforheroestx.org, I should say. Check out what Hope for Heroes is all about. We're all about our first responders, our police officers. And like like always, another podcast today, do I ever have a treat for you? You know, we're so diversified here, and we do so many things, and we have so many uh, wonderful people on. But, you know, a lot of times we don't get a chance to have the ladies on, the lady police officers, and they are a force to deal with, I'll guarantee you. And I've never met so many beautiful, incredible, hard-to-believe women that have such um, courage you know, I see so many women like this beautiful lady I have on today from Austin. She is a woman of steel and velvet. I'm telling you what, when you meet her, she is really an awesome lady. And she's from the Austin Police Department. She's the chief of staff. Um, she's been there for 25 years. She's been in law enforcement. And when you meet this person, when you meet her, you just feel like you've known her for 100 years. She's so kind, so sweet, and she's hard as a rock. She gives you a hug, and I'll guarantee you, you know you've had a hug. And um, she is a blessing. She's She's got a wonderful husband. Um, she's got a son, one son, uh, 28 years old, and she's just got a great personality. You would never think, you know, that's what I don't think people understand. Ladies and gentlemen, when you see people on the streets, you know, we had a gala about a month ago and all over 140 police officers and their wives were in attendance. And I'll guarantee if you were to walk around that crowd, you wouldn't have picked out one that was a cop. Well, maybe one with a short haircut looking kind of weird but he was we had let him go but uh no he was but you would never know who these people are and be and police officers it's just amazing but let me tell you what they've got courage like you wouldn't believe so i'm so excited to have the lady that is the chief of staff of austin pd 25 years a sweetheart of a lady but yet an incredible woman help me welcome to the program today the weight of the badge podcast robin henderson from austin texas how are you miss robin Good morning, sir. I'm doing fantastic because I am getting to speak with you this morning, and so I just want to thank you for having me on, sir, and I very much appreciate the work that you do with Hope for Heroes and supporting all of our local first responders and uh, our law enforcement officers, so it's a honor, a treat, and a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, thank you, Robin. It's an honor. You know, when I when I met you and I've talked to you before, it was just so wonderful to, to see you at the gala and uh, spend a little time with you. And as I said, you are a very, very special person. There's not one person I've ever heard say anything bad about you except she is awesome and so uh, <laughs> well, thank you. so I, that means you've only met two people that said anything <laughs> <laughs> no i i just thought it'd be fun to have you on because you got such a huge responsibility and you are so committed 25 years on the uh, yes, on the force that is just that's amazing i mean you have seen so many things and uh i just wanted to have you on and and just talk to you about what you see, you know, what you see happening in the future. But right now, I just wonder, how did you get into law enforcement? What made you 25 years ago? And trust me, when you see this, <laughs> when you beat Robin, you th do not think she would be in this for 25 years, maybe five. That's how young she looks. But but what made you um, want to so, get in? Well, it's, it's actually an interesting Interesting story, kind of long, but I'll, I'll abbreviate okay. it. Okay, we got time. Um, uh, but nonetheless, I was uh, going to college, and I got pregnant in my second semester of college at 19 years old. So I essentially um, became a college dropout. Um, my uh, my parents, of course, at the time weren't 
uh, too happy about that. Um, I was working full time, trying to raise my son as a single parent. I was bartending uh, at night, going to school during the day, taking a full college course. Um, I was thinking about taking a semester off because I was just tired and so worn out. And of course, when I let my parents know that I was considering taking a semester off um, with my two-year-old, they were uh, not too pleased. So my dad at the time was working for the uh, Texas Workforce Commission. He had retired out of uh, Fort Bliss. He was in the Army, and he was an instructor at the Sergeant Majors Academy. And when he retired, he went to work for the Texas Workforce Commission, transitioning law enforcement, um, I'm sorry, military personnel into civilian jobs. Well, the Austin Police Department and the Austin Fire Department went to his office to recruit. So when he found out I was going to take a semester off, he said, you need to come down here and turn in an application for the Austin Police Department and the Austin Fire Department. And I said, yes, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) So I went went and applied for both, and I was hired with the Austin Police Department. They called me about two weeks later. And, um, that's how I, that's how I ended up in law enforcement. Now I said I was going to finish out my college degree and go to federal law enforcement because I really wanted to be a U.S. Marshal. And once I came to Austin, uh, fell in love with it, fell in love with Austin, the city. It was very, uh, eclectic and just different, warm. Um, and I, I made Austin and the Austin police department home and I've been here 25 years. Wow. Well, in these 25 years, I mean, is, has there ever been a time where you thought maybe you made the wrong decision? No, sir. Not at all. Not at all. I have the best job in the world. I get to work for you. <laughs> yeah, and you do. You do an amazing job. Well, that's really interesting. In these yeah, last, uh, in these yeah, last so 20... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. No, no. You wait. Oh, I was just going to say, it's uh, it really is truly amazing to get to be in the field of work that we do because no matter what um we're we're going going in to help people save lives regardless of the potential peril that we might be facing yes we're going in for sure i I literally get to work with heroes every single every single day and i get to work for our austin community and so it's just really it truly is amazing how exactly does your what is your job now when you say chief of staff what exactly does that what is that uh, yes, sir. So I am the second in command for the Austin Police Department. So my awesome boss, uh, Joseph Chacon, he is the chief of police, and I am then the chief of staff. So I handle the running of the department in and of itself. Wow. So I manage manage the internal workings of the uh, Austin Police Department. You know, I met your chief. He was down. Did you hear about that? He was down here by accident a few weeks ago, he and his wife. And uh, they witnessed yeah. a Hope for Heroes morning just blew them away. They weren't expecting that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. So you know, thank you for the amazing yeah. work you do. Well, we just yeah. love what it's you guys do. I'm telling you, we're all about, you know, that's what Hope for Heroes is all about, is just is just honoring our heroes. And, you know, um, I, it's funny that I have you on and we're talking about 25 years ago. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to read this that a, a, guy, a person sent me that, that uh, let me see if this makes sense to you. Now, let's just say this is a, uh, so what he sent me he says, 25 years ago, police carried a baton, a revolver, and a pair of handcuffs. Today, they carry a semi-automatic pistol, 
It's a semi-automatic, a pistol, taser, baton, pepper spray, multiple handcuffs, and some a tourniquet for themselves. Their equipment changed because the public changed. 25 years ago, police could ask the public to help while being beaten uh, by a bank robbery suspect, and the public would assist without hesitation. Today, the public will ignore the officer's cry for help and instead record it on a cell phone camera. The reliability changed because the public changed. Decades ago, police would play uh, with kids, hang out with the crowds, and talk to strangers. Today, they'll be gunned down by strangers who despise them simply from, by wearing a badge on their chest. The trust has changed because the public changed. Decades ago, police would train CPR, simple traffic stops, the simple requirements to serve the community who wanted them. Today, they undergo many hours of defensive tactics, active shooter drills, public relations, ethnic diversity, officer training, simple traffic stops that could turn deadly along with many other classes. Their training changed because the public changed. 25 years ago, the public mourned a police officer's death as it was aired on television. Today, not a word will be spoken of the officer who responded to a welfare check that ended his life. The awareness changed because the public changed. Decades ago, or 25 years ago, the public was different. Today, the police are adapting. Today, the police are not just going into community and protecting them. They are suiting up to head into a war zone. They have no idea what they will encounter by the time and when they get there. Wow. What do you think about that? Is that pretty right? I, I, sir, I would think components of that yeah. are all right. Um, when it comes to uh, our civilians coming to our aid, I would say more, more often than not, they will. Oh, I think great. there are just some, a few um, unfortunate circumstances where that happens, but I, I believe in the faith of humanity. And if they see somebody in need, particularly a law enforcement officer, that, that they will come to come to our aid. Well, fantastic. And so I think these were just a, a few instances of lack of willing to, to assist an officer because of the potential negative rhetoric yeah. around law enforcement right now. Well, I read that so, because I'm a civilian, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know that I'm not, a, I'm not law enforcement. I have nothing to do, uh, have no background law enforcement. I'm just a civilian out here. And the reason I read that was for the civilians, because that is to us and that's what's happening more and more. And that's what Hope for Heroes is trying to change. We can change this public view. That's what I'm about. Is Hope for Heroes is all about showing the these their heroes. They're true to heroes. I mean, just think about this, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, when you run out of a of a building when there's people in there shooting at you, they run in. Now that is one kind of amazing person. You know, I've always said that um, that you know, a work is what you is what you get paid for, but a calling is what you're made for. And Robin, you're sure made for that calling because you represent the police department and courage and and honor and um, just it's just the strength. I mean. You know, when whenever somebody gets to meet you, Rob, and I know what they say because everybody that has met you that I've talked to said, "What an amazing person!" And so that's a big deal. But I, I appreciate that. Yes, and I believe that too. That I think you know most of the time, out of everything I just read, if something is happening to a police uh, officer, man, we're we're going to stop and help any way we can. Yes, yes, sir. And so while um, there has been a blanketed negative rhetoric towards law enforcement and what we represent, I would hate to then put that same negative rhetoric for our community members because of these few instances yeah. where people have not come to 
while it is a bit more prolific now that they that somebody might not yeah. um i definitely don't want to do that to our community lord knows it ain't no easy task keeping us safe under the weight of the bag Folks, if you haven't been to a Hope for Heroes greeting, you're probably wondering what it's all about. What we do is get an officer and their family from around the state of Texas. They come into town. They have a free room here at the Bevy Hotel. They know they're getting that, and they're going to get a gift card for the town. They pull in, but they have no idea when they pull up to the front lobby that inside that lobby is a ton of people just waiting for them. The reason is, is we care so much about what our heroes do and how special they are that when they walk in that lobby, oh my word, they get blasted with how much we love them, how special they are. And of course, the people that are showing up, they show up at 9.30 in the morning, get some breakfast tacos and some coffee and just fellowship until the officers get there. And it's an experience that you're not going to want to miss. Let's get back to our hero carrying the weight of the badge. Kids praying by his bed. He said, I'm gonna be what would you tell a young woman now that's just getting out of college thinking about going into law enforcement? Absolutely. Do it. Woo. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and understand it is a challenging per- profession to be in um, just in and of, of itself with the a, with a kind of culture surrounding police policing right now but nonetheless there's some few extra challenges being a female in a very male-dominated um yeah yeah line of work there's only yeah so women only represent about uh 11 percent it it varies from department to department but on average it's about nine to 13 percent of law enforcement officers and in austin we are just above just above the 10 percent Mark and so it is. It's just a challenge in that it's there's very few of us, uh, <laughs> you know, share in different unique experiences. You know, just because you're female, that's that's just that's just how it, how it is. Um, but but nonetheless, bringing in the the newest generation, this young generation, taking over the leadership helm. I am so ready to mentor and coach and give them all the tips and tools and all the you know everything that somebody would need to succeed but specifically our, our female our female potential candidates we we need you come on yeah <laughs> let me ask you when you were first okay let's, say, let's go back 25 years ago and so you graduated and now were you on patrol when you when you oh, first you. so when you first mm-hmm. yeah um, not that you're not yeah, now but i mean sure. back then can you tell us anything? What was like? What was it like? Your first stop, or your your first drunk guy, or your? I mean, how? <laughs> well, let me let me tell you. Okay, so uh, I graduated in uh, 1997. Uh, of course, you have a period of time where we rode with the field training officer, you know, and that was uh, at the time that I graduated. That was for eight weeks. So you ride with your field training officer. So essentially, you haven't been on your own for the first eight weeks. And then all of a sudden, you get cut loose. You're a full-fledged police officer <laughs> all by yourself in a car. Um, and then I am driving around. I happened to, when I got cut loose, I happened to be on day shift. At that time, we still rotated every 28 days from days to night to evenings. So when I got cut loose, I'm all by myself and it's day shift. But in the morning, we, we started at six in the morning and there aren't too many calls for service. So I am literally driving around like, what do I do? <laughs> what to do? Maybe I should do a traffic stop. 
I don't know. Maybe I should just stay available to take a call. I, so it was, that, was my, that was, and that still stands out in my mind. And I still, I still remember that my first traffic stop was in the 8,800 block of Georgian, Georgian Drive or running a stop sign. And so I was so nervous just being out there uh, by myself, you know, and it's like, it was so, it was just so surreal finally being able to be, you know, just a full fledged officer, but at the same time, just understanding that the, they don't know the public doesn't know right. that it's my very first traffic stop. <laughs> so how, did so it feel good? Yeah. After, <laughs> after the first one though, did it feel good? You start getting that confidence, I guess. huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that came very, that came very quickly. You know, once you, uh, just kind of getting the nerves, working the nerves out and, you know, kind of just understanding how you want to operate as an officer and just learning the, the, they call it the beat or your district that you're, that you're assigned to. And so building that confidence and, you know, making sure that we're, of course, you know, keeping our community safe, but also making those, those connections when you do have contact with the, with the public to let them know that we're really there to help keep the community safe. And it goes beyond just law enforcement. It really is about fostering relationships. Well, you know what I, what I love, I just really think, cause I've dealt with so many women um, from San Antonio and of course, right here in our city of Bernie, um, the women officers, and you guys bring such a great dynamic to, um, to law enforcement. We have, we have one of our sheriffs. I was asking her, she's been on the force, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. And, and she's a, just a little short, just, she's just a sweetheart. And I asked her, I said, well, what's it like out there? You got a guy my size, six foot four, you know, over, you know, 260 pounds of, you know, like, and I'm drunk and, um, and you pull me over or what's it like? Are the guys jerkos or what? She says, no, you know, what's amazing is, is when you know, we have those guys, it's, they're really kind of sweet. I mean, we, we just didn't know how to deal with them. She's a problem. We have the women that are drunk. I start laughing. I said, "Really? Yeah." She she says they're the ones that give us all the stuff a lot of times. But uh, she said, "No, the guys, you know." And I said, "Well, that's really interesting because you're right. I can see, you know, where they're just that dynamic, and you guys, their personalities. Now, you know, of course, when 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 I met you, like I said, you know, you're just a pillar of strength, and 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 I mean, you've got you know your physique, and you're you're just in such great shape. You know, I mean, I would definitely." Not I would whatever you tell me, I'm done with it. I'm doing it. Whatever you say, Robin. You know, but I think the women do bring a great dynamic, and that's why I was excited to have you on because here you're number two in the Austin Police Department. My gosh, that's serious business. That's that's uh, taking it, you know, uh, to the next level. And that's now your husband. What does he do? Uh, he works for the Austin Police Department. Also, he is the sergeant over our bomb squad, so explosive ordnance disposal team. Also, our bomb canine on our dive team. Oh wow! Well, we could have him on here before too long. Well, that's got to be another uh, interesting situation where you're both in in law enforcement. Does that create some challenges or just worry? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, hold on. <laughs> 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 uh, it's uh, it's he, let me tell you, he has been the most supportive. Uh, just biggest, really fan cheerleader, but honestly, a a a true supporter of yeah. of me um, in my career, and I can't thank him enough. It's um understand it 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 truly is 
uh, a challenge and then being female and a male dominated, being a minority. It's, um, and, and not saying that it's any more, uh, difficult than somebody else might face, but there are just in, inherent um, challenges that that I have to incur be, yeah. because of that. Um, but nonetheless, he has been, it's been amazing, but understand, <laughs> then it's also, we, we, we go home and it's like, um, we try not to talk <laughs> about work because then it'll just, it'll just consume our, it'll work will consume our lives. So we try and when we get home, we try not to talk about work and kind of just, you know, be regular, regular folks when, when we get home. But, oh, uh, yeah. but it, it has been amazing. <laughs> it's, it's truly, it's truly unique because we, we have been together for, for so long. Um, but he's a rock star. He is he's such awesome. a, he's such he a great He's yeah, such he's a, been yeah. with me for a long time, so I got to give him some credit. Oh yeah, well, he's yeah. such a great guy. I mean, he really is. I met him at the I met him at the gala, and he's one of those guys that's uh, just that that quiet strength. You know, you just know that hey, this guy's got the horsepower, uh, without a doubt. You know, and uh, you two are a great, great couple. And uh, like I said, oh, I, I'm excited to have him on because you know us civilians out here. I know we we're. T- I had. Uh, Joe Brown on hostage negotiating, you know, and we, we're sitting here and I think sometimes the, the civilians, the public like us, I said, they just, you know, we don't get to see what goes on. We have no idea what happens. Like even I was talking to Joe about hostage negotiating. I'm always seeing is a yellow tape around says don't cross. We don't know what goes on beyond that, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, like I said, I can see you and your husband going home talking about what you do and what he does, you know. Yeah, I had to set a bomb off today and or do whatever and then you all the stuff you have to deal with. And that's what I mean, it's just it's just amazing that uh, all the things you do and how you serve you serve our communities and how without you, oh my word, I can't imagine this country without our law enforcement. And so um you know, Robin, like I said, I want you on again, but I want to ask you, what do you um what do you see the future as? Or what, or what is really what have you seen change, I guess, in your 25 years? I mean, I read this thing that, you know, some's right, some's wrong. But what have you seen change and what would you like to see change to the better? How can I, how can we civilians out here just um, support you guys? Yes, sir. Um, let me let me circle back real quick. You mentioned Joe Brown. Sir, please know that man is amazing. I love you. He is a great person. Um, you talk about somebody who really gives of themselves. He's, he is truly one of those people. Um, he uh, works for, he actually is on our peer support team mm-hmm. and he is just making, he always makes himself available to take care of our officers, regardless of rank. He also is there to take care of our civilian employees. And it is, he is just an amazing amazing person yeah, he's so. on my board of directors uh, thank god for him so yes he is he is i could do a whole what well, we have but i mean you're right he is amazing so yeah. uh he gave me all thank the insight you, he gave me all the inside scoop on you before i uh called you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no. yeah. um, but yeah so circling back to change wow um sir here's what Here's what I think, and this is just me and my own opinion. I believe over the course of the years, more duties and responsibilities outside the scope of the basic fundamentals of law enforcement were placed on law enforcement because of the lack of supportive resources. The, the police work 24 hours, seven days a week. However, 
a lot of times the stuff that we are saying now that members of the public need, the supportive resources they need, aren't available 24 hours. So when there is a crisis, a mental health, somebody is in mental health crisis, the only resource that is available to get help is calling the police. And by the time it has gotten to that state, sometimes there there aren't methods to de-escalate. There isn't time to de-escalate just based on the, the situation that we're walking into because those supportive resources, when that person was, was in need, just weren't there. And so that that need is steadily increasing, steadily increasing, steadily increasing. And then by the time we get brought into the situation, sometimes it's, it's unsafe um, for for us to handle it any other way where it has, it has tragic outcomes. Now, that's not all the time, and it's not just in mental health cases. It's with um, delinquent children. It's with um, just having uh, even financial assistance resources that somebody can access beyond the nine-to-five time frame. Right. I'm saying um, somebody's in an abusive domestic relationship Typically, these happen in the evening time. The only resource that they can call are the are the police. So, having supportive resources, more having better access for the for those who are in need outside the scope of calling nine one one. Because right now, essentially, that's that's the only person that they can call that's going to immediately pick up the phone and respond after the hours of nine to five. Yes. And you, um, you do have great training. I, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think you realize just what the tra- kind of training our police officers and first responders have, because you do, I, I have the, uh, the uh, honor and blessing to ride with different, um, you know, ride alongs and watch how you guys operate and watch how you deal with so many situations from a de-escalating a, you know, a, a, a husband, wife <laughs> situation to helping a child that just fell or uh, you said mental health is a big deal. So, we just want to, I want to thank you for that because you're absolutely right. And that's why I think we're starting to key in on more and more is that it needs to be 24 hour mental health um, officers or whatever available. And hopefully in the future, something like that could happen. Right. Right. And all of our officers are, are, are mental, receive mental health training. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, but understand we're not the content. We're not the content experts on, on mental, on mental health. So we are a, a bridge to get them, uh, anyone who needs, resources or a bridge to get them to the resources that they need. We're not the content experts, if you will. No, um, you brought, you see so, the worst of the mental health side. I mean, that's all of a yeah. sudden the bad stuff happens and they're calling you to deal with the worst side of it. Might just be for a moment, you know, because it, right. we, everybody has that, you know, we've all been there in that moment <laughs> that we wish we wouldn't have been like, wow, right. what did I do? You know, but, uh, but wow, I'll tell you what, and that's, that's just, um, that's really interesting. And like you said, Robin, I just want to, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and, and talk to me this morning. I know you've got things happening here this, mo- this morning and you took the time out of your busy schedule to talk with me. I just want you to know that Hope for Heroes honors and, and is so honored to know you. And I'm so honored to work with Austin PD and who the people you send us down here to, uh, to, to honor the families and honor the first responders because we truly love you here at Hope for Heroes. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, this is all through just support and donations. And it's been amazing the donations that come in that continue to help us bring in these first responders. And I want to thank our sponsors today, um, you know, Promise Keepers, Waterstone, um, Vic Vaughn, Toyota, um, the people in this city, the Dinger, and all these, uh, Bevy Hotel and 
people up in Austin, Texas. We want to thank you all, but mainly, Robin, I want to thank you for your 25 years of service, your incredible attitude, personality, and being the hero that you are to so many. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I really, I want to thank you for understanding we really need the support and we appreciate the support and making officer wellness and making first responder wellness a priority is heartwarming. Um, And it's just an honor that uh, I have an opportunity to help you with your with your efforts and um, support you in what you do. So thank you again for having me on and sir, always available. Well, thank you so much. And thank you guys, all of you, all of you officers, all of you first responders. Thank you for carrying the weight of the badge. So we don't have to. Hey, so glad you joined me today. Now you're going to want to follow us because we've got some upcoming episodes that you're not going to want to miss. See you then. Oh, the badge.